So everybody right now, please welcome. Welcome to the Sports Fantasies Podcast, where we break down rankings, projections. Well, hello there. Welcome to the show, everyone. Do you love fantasy sports? And going off the beaten path? Well, then this is the show for you. Oh, yeah. Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty. With Miller and McCarty. Miller and McCarty. Miller and McCarty. Miller and McCarty. Welcome back to Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty, episode 61 on a Thursday night. Gonna revisit some baseball talk, throw some new well, stuff in the, there. When you say re- revisit, uh, just so you know, we had another segment. Last week, I'm just going to call it technical difficulties. We decided to cut the, you know, we did a whole probably an hour or so on baseball on last week's show uh, for all those millions that have listened to it already. So some of this stuff will be, uh, it'll all be new to you as the listener. Uh, It will be old, some of it to Miller. To me, it's all going to be brand new as well. Again, technical (laughs) difficulties. So we're just a little... uh, (laughs) A little weeknight special here, pre a uh, little pre All Star Game baseball special. I can promise you, when I listen back to this tomorrow, it's going to all be new to me too. It's fine. Okay, that's good. That's all right, good. so we're going to jump right into the week. Well, thirteen and a half power rankings, we'll call them. Um, which is kind of nice for me because I was very dejected last week during our our power rankings. I had moved myself from the sixth spot to the eighth spot because I was at that point losing to Shiva. I ended up beating Shiva. Currently winning this week. Uh, Joe Boo and Blaze are both losing. So starting off my power rankings, I'm going to go start with eight, work my way down. Eight, I'm going to put Joe Boo. Change from last week, going to drop Joe Boo down to eight. I think there's a couple teams better than him are currently behind him. So I have Joe Boo at eight. Number seven, I have the Shiva. Uh, he is currently in the seventh spot. Uh, he is ahead of myself, but behind Joe Boo. Uh, at six, I'm going to put Blades. I think Blades is trending in the wrong direction. We'll get into that when we get to trades, trades, and Blades trades. Uh, I think Blades is trending in the wrong direction. I am number five. You're, you're truly your mom's favorite team at number five. I think I'm trending in the right direction, although I'll probably end up losing this week to a team that I shouldn't lose to, and then I'll be out of it completely. Number four, I have Suga. Uh, He's very consistent, been playing very, very well all year. He actually is currently ahead of you in the standings, but I still like you more. I have you at three, Charles. Clearwater at two. And the guy that you were all over in the preseason that Blaze and I didn't believe you was Careless Whisper. And he has been pretty dominant throughout the year. And I have him in the one spot at this point. Yeah, he's still rolling. He took care of me last week. I thought I uh, kept it a little bit closer than I thought I would. But he's just going to be a tough tough out unless he gets an unlucky rash of injuries. I, I was looking at the power rankings on, um, you know, you, you tuned me into our our, our people over at Fantasy Pros, uh, their 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 premium uh, account, and so it's they did a power rankings because you can sync your league with it. Although I think the one I'm looking at it's really just 
ranked through overall scoring. It, it, mm-hmm. That's what it looks like right now. Of course, it's probably changed a little with tonight's scoring, but it's, you know, Careless is the leading scorer. I think you're still second. I uh, am second, overall, yes. Second in overall points, and so they have you at number two. But you're, again, and we talked about it before, but for you to be number two overall in points and below 500 record is just – just a tough, tough run there, sir. That's yeah, I mean, unfortunate. So uh, I have lost the blades twice. He has outscored me three times this season, and of course, two of those times when I played him, and there was one other time. Uh, Joe Boo has beat me one out of the two times we've played. He has outscored me exactly twice. Uh, one week I played him, and then another week there was one week where I had a down week where a couple of the guys that have beat me have, you know, would have been. You know, the first, second, third top scorer. I've lost to the first or second top scorer um, out of my seven losses. I've lost to the first or second top scorer five times. Uh, I've yeah. lost to a top three scorer every single time. I have never lost anyone that hasn't scored outside of the top three this whole season. And I have been the second or third top scorer in five of my seven losses. <laughs> So there's there's not really much I can do with that. I mean, sometimes fantasy yeah. sports comes down to luck, and luck has not been on my side. Yeah, I think we've all had a season or two like that before. Uh, maybe not quite that uh, intense. It happens from time to time. It's really frustrating uh, because, you know, I guess on the upside, I would certainly rather have that than – just to have that record and be uh, one of the lowest scoring teams in the league and just getting lucky with wins. Right. I mean, cause that it, it will turn around next season or maybe even the last few weeks here, you know, if you turn it around and get into the playoffs and obviously you're, you could, you're right up there with any other of the seeds. If you can just get in the playoffs, you, you could outscore anybody. So it's at least you have that. It's not a, there's worse problems out there. If you're losing games and you have no hope is it when it comes to points. <laughs> All right. Please see my team in combo uh, for the exact opposite of going on. I'm about the eighth leading scorer in that league, and I am currently third in our division, one game behind you and two or three behind Clearwater. So I am seeing both extremes this year. Uh, one league where if I make the playoffs, great. I'm not going to do anything in them. And then hung jury where if I can just sneak into the playoffs, I have a chance to do what Clearwater did last year and run through them, depending on injuries and whatnot. What do we have left? About six, seven weeks, or is it more than that? Uh, no, I have I have Suga. I have two easier games, and then our three division games. So I, I think it's about six. Okay. Six weeks is, is about where we're at, I'm pretty sure. There's a lot of good... I mean, I think even with my decent record, I feel like I'm right now either the last seed in or second to last seed. Um, so you're definitely going to have to go on a run. There's some there's some good records out there. I I have a lot of potential here. I, I of course, am playing Ice Dragons this week. Next week I get Suga. And then I get um, two of the bottom teams. I think it's like Buggy and... Um, another one of those teams is borderline. And then, of course, I end the season in my division. So that's Blades, Jobu, and Cohen. So I have a lot of winnable games there. 
Um, it's six, six teams make it, right? Yeah, and of course, the matchup with Suga next week is huge uh, because him and I could come down to the the sixth seed. I know he won last week, so he jumped you, but um, that match with Suga next week could make or break my season. If I, if I beat him, I feel pretty confident that I, I have a chance to to continue on my run. If I lose to him, uh, the the uphill battle continues. Yeah, I'm eight and five, and currently sitting in the sixth seed. And then I'm five and seven, right? So you're a couple games back, and then you've got. Um, you called it a few weeks ago, but Cambridge has been very competitive, and all of a sudden he's only, you know, five and eight, but um, three games out, and then the Sheba. I'm six and seven. I, I will be seven and seven if I win this week. Yeah. So. If I can, hopefully, I can hang on versus Blades this week and, and keep that two games. But Shiva is right there with you, so it'll it'll be um you have to go on a good run. Uh, I haven't looked at my schedule, but hopefully, it comes down to you having to catch somebody like Jobu or Suga instead of me. Uh, quite honestly, uh, I think I still have a chance to win my division. You do, uh, as as crazy as that is to say. Um, Blades and Joe Boo are both losing this week. So if they both lose and I win, I think that puts me two games behind them. Um, uh, of course, Blades hasn't lost in the division yet. But if they're both 9-5 and five and I am 7-7, seven and seven, I feel like I have a good shot at, at overtaking them, especially since, like I said, um, what's coming up for me doesn't, doesn't look horrible. I've got... Um... Ice Dragons, Buggy, Cambridge, Joe Boo coming up. So I figure, I mean, surely I can go three and one. Out yeah, of those. I, mean, I have Ice Dragons this week. I, I should finish that off. Then I have Suga next week, which is huge. The, the Suga matchup next week could make or break me. Then I get Cambridge, who has been playing better, but still should be winnable. Then I get Buggy. Then I get Clearwater before I get my my three in division that Clearwater matchup could mean a lot. Then I get blades, Joe boo and uncle Cohen. So uh, I pretty much have to, I think I can only lose one more game unless somebody goes really cold. I agree. You're probably going to have to go about five and one. So we'll see what happens. Um, I like my team more than Shiva, Joe boo blades. I think I'm right there with Suga. Um, I mean, quite honestly, my team, especially as it continues to get healthy, I think can compete with anyone. Looks like I'm about to get the ground back in the next couple of weeks, um, which could be mm-hmm. huge. Pitched four innings either today or, today or the other day in a rehab game. It was today, yeah, uh, on Thursday. They were going to start him yesterday. They pushed him back to today. I'm assuming they're not going to throw him in a major league game until after the All-Star, All-Star game, which I'm fine with. Uh, they might as well throw him another one or two rehab games and that will let him stretch out so he can throw five or six his first game back. His arm will fly off. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I'm hoping for, of course, his arm to fly off right in the middle of his first start back. All right, we're going to talk about some trades again. Well, we got to do kiss for kick first, man. Look at you just skipping right <laughs> Sorry, to I'm trying, I'm trying to just just move on past this. I'm already. 
I feel like we, this is like deja vu. I feel like we did this. We have been talking for 12 minutes. And don't say deja vu because you don't remember anything from last week's episode because of the technical difficulties. I was recalling. Yeah, it was a severe head injury. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your first kiss or kicks? Or hang on. I, 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 did I, change. I need to get my soundboard up. Okay, I did. Uh, while you're doing that, I will say I did change these up just to. Oh, my kids are be different because I don't know what mine were last week. I didn't write them down, so. All right. Well, you tell me when you're ready. We're good. All right. This first one here. This team has just been on a roll. The Baltimore Orioles. Kiss or kick them finishing within five games of a wild card spot. I'm going to kick that. Not because I don't think the Orioles can continue to play well, but more mostly because this year, of course, they still have to play 19 games each against each AL East division opponent. And I just don't see them being able to stay within five games of a wild card spot, having to play the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Rays 19 times. Yeah, I think they're about maybe three back now, but well, they've won 10 in a row. That's a – I think every team in that division is over 500. That's a really good division. Yeah, it, it, they're all over 500 at least at this moment, yes. What's next? Next up, kiss or kick the Angels trading Trout or Otani for a big haul before the deadline. I'm going to kick that uh, because I don't think they can do it uh, – because the fans will rip them apart. Should they? Yes. Um, I've said this for a while. They shouldn't have re-signed Trout to the deal they re-signed him to. Trout should be playing in Philadelphia. Uh, they won't trade Otani just because, I mean, they already saw what happened when the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth. He went to the Yankees <laughs> and, of course, won many titles. So I, I just don't foresee them trading Otani because of that. Uh, should they? Yes. Will they? No. Yeah, I don't think you can trade Otani either. Uh, now, Trout. Trout, I would argue, because I think any team would be willing to give up multiple top prospects plus probably a decent um, everyday player to for Trout. Uh, imagine if a team like Yankees, Dodgers, et cetera, could add him. Of course, he, you know, he comes with a huge cap hit. I, I, so. I honestly think teams will give up more for Otani. I just don't foresee Otani being – Well, I yeah, yeah. I, I'm not – I wouldn't argue that, definitely. I just don't think there's – I think there's zero chance they would even look at considering moving Otani. I think with Trout, a guy that's in his 30s that has had a lot of injury history, um, and they're not in a position to win at the moment. So, I think the thing that could hurt that too is Trout probably has that 10-5 and no-trade clause, so he can pick and choose where he I'm sure. goes. I'm sure. So I'm sure there's about four teams he'd be willing to go to, which makes it very difficult. Probably the Royals. I'm sure that's one. <laughs> yeah, for Andrew Benintendi. Oh, well, that brings me to my last kiss or kick. Uh, Andrew Benintendi, kiss or kick him having a fantasy impact if traded to the Yankees, which is what the rumor is. Well, I'm going to kick this because – only because I just read something today. The Yankees are no longer interested in Benintendi because he's not vaccinated, so he cannot go to Toronto. And, of course, the Yankees not. being in the AL East and having to play Toronto those 19 times throughout the season, that means at least at least nine of those games are going to be in Canada. 
that would hurt them quite a bit. I know they had at least a three-game series in Canada already, so that, that leaves at least six or seven games in Canada to be played. Uh, I don't foresee them trading for him unless he's willing to be vaccinated. The Kansas City Royals played a game tonight, with, I believe, missing down 10 players. Because 10 of it was their in 26 Toronto. active guys <laughs> because were not they didn't, to play. I mean, look, you know, I, I, again, that not even 40%. to... That is 40% of, of their active roster. Not even to whatever, if you want to get vaccinated or not. I don't care about that, but... As a major league baseball player, on a these aren't you know the Royals aren't loaded with people that are guaranteed big contracts next time around. You would think they would want to get in every game they can uh, to try and continue their career. But I would say uh, Ben Intendi, of course, I you know I, I asked this really because I I picked him up the other day just because I saw the rumors and Ben Intendi has always been a much better actual base real life baseball player than he has a fantasy guy mm-hmm. he had a decent year or two when he was a rookie he just doesn't have a lot of power he can hit the ball he's i mean he's a 300 hitter he's got some speed um great actual baseball player that i think would help the yankees uh, a lot if they can get him but like you said if yeah if, if he can't play in a team in toronto that's still you know there's they're still in the division race uh, so you definitely don't want to uh, probably go out and spend a lot on a guy that can't even play against all of your division teams. And then a little a bonus with this one, just because I just kind of was looking at this today. I know you have him in one league. I picked him up in another league just on a whim. Um, but mainly because yesterday Severino got hurt and he's going to the injured list. Doesn't look too serious, but he's going to the injured list and Domingo German is ready to come up. Um, I think fresh off Tommy John there for the Yankees. Kiss or kick German having any type of impact if he's able to get into that Yankee starting rotation fantasy wise? I would kiss it. Um, I think it will be limited of course to when the Yankees are healthy. Um, but because it's the Yankees, they score runs. They, they, win. Currently have the, they currently have the best record in MLB. I mean, he can go, he can go five innings there, give up three runs and still be relevant. All right. That's all I got. All right. Mine are, of course, going to be way less intriguing than yours. So looking at the top 10 uh, players currently in the league, you have Shiva with two. You have Careless Whisper with three. You have Clear with two. You have Myself with two. And, of course, Ice has one. Um, so... That's really your top ten. Kiss or kick? First of all, Aaron Judge being the top scoring player when the season ends. Uh, there goes that. Kick. Uh, I'm kicking just because of the same reason we typically kick any question when it comes to Aaron Judge. If you tell me that he's going to play 160 games, 162 games, uh, yes, I would probably kiss that. But the, the reality is reality is he's not. Uh, at this point, he's kind of on borrowed time. There's going to be a month in there somewhere where he's not playing. Now, if he hits, if he continues with his tear of home runs and he hits 55 home runs this year, he can still miss a couple weeks and be the top scoring player. I just see him at some point, uh, uh, an injury that's going to put him down for more than a few weeks. 
Okay, so uh, b- b- bonus there, uh, not my second one, but b- bonus. Currently, the second top scoring player in the league is Paul Goldschmidt. He's eight <laughs> points behind Judge. More likely to finish first, Judge or Goldschmidt? Uh, well, Goldschmidt's more reliable, but I just can't. I've got to – even with what I just said, I've got to take Judge. I, I can't take Goldschmidt right now for the top scoring. I just can't do it. You but, do Goldschmidt's, but Goldschmidt's going to be healthy. <laughs> All right. So kiss or kick a team with three of the top ten – Scoring overall points in hung jury, missing the playoffs. This is for you? Is this what this question is about? There's, How many do you have? There's, there's two of us. One of us has three, Shiva, and myself has two with a guy at 12. And both of us are in danger of missing the playoffs. So kiss or kick just one missing the playoffs? Yes. Then, yeah, uh, I'll... I'll kiss. One of you is going to miss the playoffs. I think it's more likely to be Shiva. Uh, but I think, you know, I don't know whose three players are in the top ten, but assuming they're still there, then yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. So, with that being said, please hold. <laughs> okay. Had, yeah. Listen, listen. I had this all queued up. Technology is not my friend right now. Well, while you're looking at that, I want to remind people that this is our all-star special. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Yeah, that's right. All-star special. Are you ready yet? I mean, <laughs> of course I'm ready, sir. Okay. All right, so now we're going to go to the pitching side of things, of course. So right now your top three are Shane McLennan, Sandy Alcantara, and Garrett Cole, with Corbin Burns a close number four. Of the top two, McLennan and Alcantara, so it's 327 to 314. So they're within about 12 and a half points of each other if you really break it down. Do you, do you kiss or kick Alcantara or McLennan long term? <laughs> Is it McLennan or McLennan? Whatever you want. Um, uh, McLennan's fine. Um, I'm kiss or kicking which one? Uh, who is going? Who's more likely to stay but, in the top so two? Not, so not kiss or kick. It's a pick one. No, or okay. kiss or I'll, kick. McLennan or Alcantara to finish in the top two. Okay, I thought you said something about long term and dynasty. All right, I didn't know it. I feel like there's been three different questions on this one. Uh, kiss or kick. I would, I would kiss. Um, yeah, sure. One of them will finish in the top two. I don't think both of them will. I think Garrett Cole will sneak his way back into the top two when it's all said and done. Now, dynasty-wise, I like them both, but I'm really mostly intrigued with uh, McLennan. Um, I don't – he's uh, – I'm trying to think of how old he is versus – uh, 20, 25. He's, not, he's, he, he's, he's 25 not, and Sandy is 26. Okay. Yeah, McLennan's, I mean, they've both been great this year and, and a little bit surprising, especially I think in McLennan's, um, McLennan's uh, numbers that he's putting up. 
so they're both going to be really good long-term dynasty, but sure, one of them will finish top two this year. I will tell you the only reason I'm not surprised that McLennan has put up the numbers he has because guess who owns him? Clearwater. And that guy doesn't miss. Much like Sugan. Yeah. Clearwater has McLennan and Paul Goldschmidt. If you did not have well, them in, in your top three on both sides, you're an idiot because this guy does not miss. So in the combo league, as soon as we got done drafting, Suga put up a comment that, and he, he texted me. I think he threw something out there too that I'll, I don't know, Alcantara, however you say his name, Alcantara. Alcantara. Uh, was on the block and he, he texted me and said he can't believe that he paid like I think it was like a forty dollars yes. yeah, or something for him. And I, he, he, and he I sent that to both of us and I tried to trade for him. Yeah, me too, immediately. I said, Yeah, yeah. I said, You probably overpaid for him, but I'll take him off your hands. <laughs> of course he exactly did not. What end I up. Said, exactly what I said. And, and and of course we were both trying to get him for, you know, yes. probably Paul Goldschmidt I, or something. And <laughs> I I thought forty was okay given what most Stud pitchers were going for, but anyway. Yeah, for anyone that cares, the Cubs are being hammered by the Mets eight nothing tonight. Not that that's overly surprising. Yeah. The Cubs are terrible. Well, it's, once they get Hendricks back off IR, they're going to be ready to roll. <laughs> He's going to get in there. Yes, his, nine, his eight point five to nine point five points per game <laughs> are going to be amazing. Got some lasers. All right, now is it time for trades? Yes, let's go to trades, trades, more trades, blades, trades. All right. You want me to start running down through these? I got them all laid out here. Hang on a second. Just hang on. You are way ahead of me tonight. I don't know what's. Oh, speaking of which, I got new internet tonight. So I have the fiber optic internet now. So hopefully I'm able to keep up with you. But yeah, let's start with the trades. How far Dominated. back are we going? Huh? How far back are we going? Uh, we, we're going to do the ones that we've already done, and then the ones that we that Give got done this date. week. Give me a date. I don't have dates, man. What are you? The, the first one I have is, of course, we haven't had anything in combo. Hung jury. I'm going back to Clearwater, giving you Wander Franco. Oh, and perfect. Gossman. That's right. Where I'm at. We're perfect. But 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 hang on. Before that, I do want to go to one football trade only because, you know, LTG, one of our only listeners, was really interested in us breaking down his and Blade's football trade. So I feel like we need to touch on it. It was terrible. So Sports Fantasies LTG gives Blades Michael Thomas and Aaron Rodgers for Marquise Brown and Mac Jones. This is a two quarterback league. Break this down for LTG. How did he do here? So he got Mac Jones. Or Mac Jones, one of the two, yeah. yeah he got Mac Jones. He gave up Rodgers, right? Yes. All right. And then he got Brown, who is yes. now in Arizona. Yes. And LTG got who else besides Rodgers? Well, oh, LTG. Who else? It, Blades, Blades got, got Michael, who else? Michael Thomas, Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas. All right. I like it for, I like it for Blades short term. I like it for LTG long term. Um, I think Rodgers and Thomas have a lot more value over the next two or three years. But I think over time, I think Mac and Brown will overtake the two of them. Brown could start off really hot, too. So if LTG um, decides to flip him, he could get a lot of value since uh, you have Hopkins out for the first six weeks. 
Yeah, I was similar here. It's a two-quarterback league, and, of course, they're both competitive teams. I believe Blades, if he didn't Blades win last, last year, year, he was yeah, – he, he won last year. He beat me in the so, finals. So, now, Aaron Rodgers is, I think, 43 in this league, and Cap is crucial in this league, so I can see why um, LTG moved him. Of course, Aaron Rodgers. I, Mac Jones still – I. I like Mac Jones not as much as you. I still think in a two quarterback league, I'm still more comfortable with him being my bye week guy than my every week QB two. But he's a fine QB two. I would now, I, I would I would agree with that for the next two to three years. But Hall of Famer Mac Jones will be very valuable come <laughs> th- that three or four. Now I'm really high on Marquise Brown. I love the he had a, he had 96 catches last year. He finally kind of showed up as that first round pick, and now you're going to Kyler Murray. Better quarterback, in my opinion, um, more of an air raid offense, and you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, so you're going to be the main man for a few weeks. I think Marquise Brown crushes Michael Thomas's production at least first half of the season. But the other thing I saw today that I was not aware of: there's still no timetable for Thomas to return. Some are saying he could be back week one. Some are saying it's a safe bet; it's going to be 2023 before he sees the field again. So that's just still a ton of risk out there with Michael Thomas, it seems like. Yeah, that's pretty crazy to me. But, I mean, I think Thomas is going to be back at some point this year. Uh, that's just me. I obviously don't know what I'm talking about most of the time. But um, I'd All be right. shocked if he's not back. Yeah, he'll be back. Back to baseball. All right, Hung Jury, Clearwater, like we said, gives you Wander Franco, talk about a couple times tonight and Gossman for show. Hey, show me the money. Otani. Uh, you did honestly, this deal. So obviously you enjoyed it. I, I, um, I, I did not. Um, he does uh, not enjoy it. Okay. Quite honestly, I, I made this deal. So I offered this trade. Um, I offered this trade early in the week. I want to say it was Sunday or Monday. I sent this trade offer. He accepted it on Friday. I almost canceled it four different times. Um, however, what I was able to flip Franco for, and of course then the news breaking, Franco was going to be out for you know six to eight weeks, which mm-hmm. I did not know obviously before I made the trade to you. Um, I, I don't hate it, but uh, trading Otani was really hard. I mean, his last four starts, he's pitched, he's pitched. 30-some innings, he's given up zero runs and has 46 strikeouts. Uh, not to mention, in that time, he's also hit, you know, seven home runs, had 20 <laughs> RBIs. I mean, it's he's ridiculous. Uh, trading him was the hardest thing I've done, but because of what I got for he's Wander, I'm okay with it. I mean, I'd argue you didn't get enough for Wander, but of course we're going to differ on that. Of course, because uh, that trade was between you and I. <laughs> but no, in terms of this deal, I was shocked to see you do it just because I know how much you love Otani, and I know how much you – if you have a guy that you love, it's hard to pry them away from you. But I also get doing this deal. Uh, you know, Gossman, is, you like him more than I do, but he's still a floor 13-point-per-game pitcher with upside for 16 or 17. And Franco, who I probably actually like more than you even, uh, you know, I consider him a top three dynasty player. Uh, plus, he's 21 years old, uh, whatever he is, a buck in that league, or maybe a little more. I don't remember how much he is, but. Hey, it's a dollar. All right, next up, I gave Blades Gorman. 
your boy Bryce Harper, my boy Matty Olson, and German Marquez for Frankie Montas, Suarez, uh, Max, Funky Muncie, and Vladito. So you, myself, and Blades have all talked about this trade quite a bit. Um, I believe it could go either way. And I think, honestly, it comes down to one player. Not Vlad, not Bryce, not Olsen, but yes, Nolan Gorman. If Nolan Gorman ends up between 3-8 and 4-2, which I think he can, I think Blades wins this trade. Uh, mostly because I think Flatty has that 5-2 potential, but he also could struggle through a season like this year where he goes 3-8 to mm-hmm. 4-2, uh, mm-hmm. which I think if if Gorman can get that same production as Vlad, I think Blade wins, Blades wins his trade going hands down. And, of course, I hate saying that because I hate saying that Blades wins any trade. <laughs> um, but um, if Gorman ends up being 3-2 to 3-5 like some project, I think you win this trade hands down. I really think it comes down to Garmin when you factor in everything, including the salaries, age, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I didn't love the deal for myself. I just did it because I get Vlad. I figure at some point down the road. to overpay for him to get him back, just like you did Tatis, which we'll get to soon. Yeah, I... Yeah, I can probably, and even if not, of course, once, you know, once he traded me, Vlad, he told me he's, he won't be that interested in him because he thinks he's like a three, eight guy, which I'm not buying <laughs> at all, but that's just, uh, wait till Vlad, I, wait till Vlad goes on a heater and he's averaging four, four and Blade starts sending yeah. the whole, his whole roster for him. Now I like, I'm uh realistic. I think Vlad has potential to lead the league in scoring, and he has the potential to do what he's done this year and a couple other years, was score under four. That's That can happen anywhere. I mean, he's still on pace for over 40 home runs this year, but only averaging like 3-7, you know. Yeah, so I mean, that- it, and if you look back at his dad's career, his dad was the same way. Like, if you really break down his dad's career, there's a couple years where he averaged like 5-1, and then a couple years where he averaged 3-5. Um, yeah. and everything in between. So I, I really think that's the kind of player he is. He has shown that he, he will put in work when he needs to, but there's also times where he becomes very lackadaisical and it's, is fine just doing what he does. It really just comes down to having Vlad on your team. It's a good time. Uh, Matt Olson, you know, he's going to score in, in the fours most years. I was really intrigued actually by Montas only because I think there's a 95% chance he gets traded and I'm, I have a 60% chance that the Dodgers are going to go after him. So that's really the only reason I wanted Montas. He's a really good pitcher, I think, if he gets anywhere outside of Oakland. So I was intrigued by that. Next up, I gave careless Luis uh, Robert, or Robert if you prefer, Robert. for, for Ozzy Albies and Tyler O'Neill. Ozzy Albies is highly overrated. You should probably trade him to me for that offer I sent earlier. But, However, in this particular yeah, you, case, in this particular case, I believe that you robbed Shiva. Uh, Robert's fine, but Albies, Shiva, but um, careless. careless. Um, Robert's fine, but Albies is better, and O'Neill has potential to be as good or close to as good as Robert. So I believe that you won this deal hands down. Yeah, I, I I text you when I got this offer, and I didn't even include the O'Neill part to you because I was just curious if you thought Albies was more valuable than Robert. Which I I, I, leaned, I leaned Albies mainly because of second base. Yeah, 
And so to me, they're pretty close in terms of talent and overall value, but the second base thing got it. So to add, just to add a guy like O'Neill where potential for four points per game doesn't mean he's going to do it most years, but to add that in, yeah, that, w- that was an easy one. All right, next up, our big trade. Was it our big trade? It yes. is, yes. I gave you Manoa, Ian Anderson, oh, my, my two favorite pitchers, uh, Tanner Huck, and your boy Chris Bryant for the aforementioned Wander Franco, Gossman, Craig Kimbrell, and uh, who knows, some some prospect named Colton Kowser. Kowser. Um, so this was between you and I. Obviously, we, we each liked our side. The reason I did this deal is I traded Otani. And so Otani can obviously hit and pitch. So in this deal, I traded Franco basically for three highly regarded pitching prospects or up-and-coming pitchers. And then, of course, my boy Chris Bryant in Colorado, who has since... Since we made this trade, he has hit a few home runs. He had none when we made the trade. Um, Franco is obviously the stud, but Gossman, I think he's, you know, 13, 14 point per game guy. That's fine. But I think Manoa is probably 16, 17 as he develops. Anderson, I think, is 12, 13. Hauk, I believe he will become a starter and becomes, you know, in that 13, 14 range. And so, Bryant, if he just does 3-5, I think that I want to trade hands down, mostly because Kowser we have no idea about. Kimbrell, don't even know if he's going to finish the year as the Dodgers closer. Uh, Franco, of course, is hurt at this point, but he's also 21 years old, and I think he has five-point-per-game potential. Yeah, it just came down to Franco to me, and really because, you know, I've got Acuna. I just traded for Vlad. I've got Albies. I like adding um, – Franco into the mix there, Franco. Um, and just getting a little younger there. Now, Manoa, it was the obviously the hardest one for me to move here just because, you know, he already is yes. the best pitcher in this deal. I mean, he's he's 15, 16 points per game. He was 14 in his rookie season last year. He's, he's over 15, closer to 16 this year. Um, he was a pretty high draft pick. So he's going to be just fine. He's he's going to be a top ten pitcher with top five upside. I feel like most seasons. Um, of course, I only... traded him and Bieber at one point, and you then I, I changed it to Anderson, which I didn't think he would do. I thought that was a better chance after I offered Anderson. You come back to Bieber, and then you shocked me and well, took I, it with Anderson. I changed it with Anderson and sent it to you, and I, I think it shocked you that I swapped those two. Uh, but. Just to me again, because Ian Anderson, um, as much as I like him, uh, he's outside of the playoffs. He's been pretty average the last couple of years now. Uh, I think he'll be just fine. I, I just don't think he's that. He's not the Bieber guy where you're, you're going to get 20 points a season because he just had not enough swing and miss stuff for me and Anderson. Not a ton of K's. Uh, I still think he is very good. He's still young. He's going to be in that rotation for a while. He's a, a 13 to, I think, probably max 15 guy for me, whereas Bieber 15 is almost his floor most years. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Bieber, when you, you compare Bieber and Anderson, the reason I was fine taking Anderson, he's younger and he plays for a better organization. Now, if Bieber ends up with New York, Boston, 
Atlanta, the Dodgers, something like that. And I think obviously Bieber is 18 to 22 with a team like that. But as long as he's in Cleveland, uh, he's going to have years like this year. I mean, he's he's on a little bit of a hot streak right now, but he's going to have years where he's going to he's going to be down that 12 to 13 range just because he can go out and get you a 16, then he loses the game, and all of a sudden he's 12 and a half. Right. Um, which, you know, I mean, he can go out there and give up two runs and they only score one. And right now that, that Cleveland team isn't overly intriguing to me. All right, let's keep it moving here because we're, we're getting deep already here on this weeknight special show. We haven't talked about the All-Stars yet. All right, next up, you gave Uncle Cohen – okay, what's this? Okay. <laughs> So literally, okay. So you gave Uncle Cohen Yoan Moncada for Mets pitcher David Peterson. So, uh, but a little backstory here. Right before this, you know, you had offered me something. I think with Moncada in it, in it, and I basically told you stop. Don't send me Moncada anymore. Uh, and you go I, on to to hung jury message board. But I told you, I said. I said send him to. Uh, oh yeah, I made a a comment about needing a trade on there. Um, or have cap space, and then um, Uncle Cohen Nelson came in and basically said ditto and made the same response. So I said, "There you go. Look, he's looking for something. Send him Moncada." So sure enough, two minutes later, I see a trade is accepted, where Cohen took Moncada for David Peterson. Now look, there's no ranking system in the world that that's going to tell Nelson that this was a bad trade for him because Moncada is still he uh, is somehow between a hundred like, and one one thirty at worst. Right, and even though he's 27 years old, he had one season over four points per game. The rest have been like three, two, three, three. This year, he's borderline two. Um, I still like I have him in another league. It's it's almost too hard to drop him just because of the potential. But David Peterson, meanwhile, is a 12 to 13 point per game pitcher this year for the Mets. Now, once the Mets are all healthy, does he stay in the rotation? I don't know, but it doesn't matter. You make that trade all day. Just if David Peterson it's $40 too. Right. If Peterson doesn't stay in the rotation, so what? You're going to have to drop Moncada at some point the season anyway. So it's really it's a it's a win win there. Yes, I almost dropped him four different times, and then somehow Nelson took him. So the next trade, uh, because that trade happened, I decided to start sending offers to uh, Nelson, Uncle Cohen. So I gave Cohen Matt Chapman and Lordy's Duriel for Dakota Hudson and Corey Seager. Uh, yes, my favorite thing about this is is Nelson says, "All right, what I need is two underachieving Blue Jays for Seager, who at least has name appeal, which we'll talk about very soon, and Dakota Hudson, who is minimally an eleven point per game guy. I think he's just under that this year, but plays for a good organization. He could easily see himself at fourteen points per game in the next year or two." So, yeah, Nelson, great job. Thanks for hooking Ian up. We can move on to the mix. Next one up, I gave Shiva. This is another big one. I gave Shiva Clevenger, Sonny Gray, Gossman, and my 2025 first for Atlanta Braves youngster Michael Harris, Texas Ranger prospect Josh Jung, Dodger pitcher Urias, and San Francisco closer Doval or Doval. I don't know how you say it. Uh, for me, this was a this was a pretty even trade. Um, I think Harris is fine, although I don't think he stays where he's at. 
Jung, of course, is a top prospect. You've had him a couple of times. You really seem to like him, although you'll probably trade him and then get him back a couple more times. Probably. Uh, Urias is the best player in the deal, in my opinion. Uh, Doval or Doval or however you say this guy's name, uh, he might not be the closer to finish the season. But then you got Gossman, who we've talked about a couple times tonight. I think he's a 12, 13 point per game guy. The first round pick, whatever. Sonny Gray is a max 13 guy. Uh, Clevenger, who I don't even think is healthy, nor do I think he's going to be healthy very much. I think he's 31 or 32. Um, overall, I, I like this deal for you. Don't love it uh, because I don't know that Harris is going to continue on the streak he's on. And, of course, Jung is young and needs to prove himself as an actual player as opposed to just a top prospect. Yeah, I gave up a lot of pitching here. I, it, it, this one took a long while to work, a long time to work out because he he he, he wanted other pitchers besides Gray that were better than Gray, and I, I wouldn't do it. And and it was hard trying um, Urias away from him, Urias, however you say it. But it really just came down to that. He's a 25-year-old Dodger pitcher that uh, when he's – Roland is by far the best pitcher in this deal. Clevenger, he's played nine games this year. He started nine games. He's averaging nine points a game. He's already had a couple injuries. I just, like you, uh, a lot of upside there. Like if Clevenger, you tell me he's going to be healthy in San Diego, he could average 16 a game. I just, that hasn't happened. Yeah. My problem with him is he's 31 or 32 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. at, at this point, a full healthy season's highly unlikely. I think Doval, um, He's he's I looked at him a lot. He's you know I don't love him, but he's a pretty good um, electric closer. I think he does hang on to the job there, and if he does, he's going to score around the same amount of points as Gray. He's going to outscore Clevenger if Clevenger's injured. So I was okay with that. And then Michael Harris, yes, he's not going to stick at, at over four points per game, but I think with the I think tool he's set, a three, he's five guy. Yeah, I, I think with the tool set he's showing, because he steals a lot of bases, he's going to play. He's so good defensively. He is the best um, defender they have in the outfield right now. Now now that they have a couple outfielders back, like Rosario and Duvall, his playing time, it might not be an everyday role anymore. It, you know, it might be more like three out of every four days. Um, the only thing he was missing in his game was power, and he's showing this year right now that he's got a little bit of power too. So if he can do that, yeah, I think he's 3-5 he's, he's to 3-8. All right, next up, I gave Blades, Wood, Paxton, Brady Singer, Corey Seager, Tyler O'Neill, and Reese Hoskins for Kershaw, Kikuchi, Anthony Rizzo, Taylor Ward, Mackenzie Gore, and Brandon Lowe. A lot going on here. Uh, I'll be quite honest. Rizzo and Ward are terrible. I don't know why you want them. So you should probably say it to me. <laughs> uh, no, in, in all reality, um, I believe you won this deal, uh, mostly because I don't value Wood, Paxton, or Singer very much at all. Seager is great, although he's highly priced and injured a lot. Tyler O'Neill, we already talked about. I do like him. I think he has a lot of potential. I think he's. I think he has chance to be a four-two to four-five guy. Hoskins is fine. But I think in this scoring, this type of scoring in the, the league we're in here, I think he's average. Low, of course, being a second baseman, I like a lot, although he's been injured forever. Gore has a lot of upside, although in the six-man rotation in San Diego, it's not great. 
Uh, Rizzo's having a great year. We've talked about him a couple of times. You and I have. Uh, but at 81, soon to be 86, 91 dollars, I think his value is limited. Kikuchi has been a little disappointing in Toronto, and mm-hmm. Kershaw, of course, being a Dodger, you value him probably a little more than I do. But he has that 16 point per game potential if he's healthy. The problem is, is he's not healthy for very long. Yeah, I mean his arm will his arm will fly off when he starts tomorrow, but that's okay. But I like the deal for you. It's pretty. Even overall, I think it's just me. Mainly for me, it was getting a couple pitchers back because, as you saw earlier, I just traded a lot of pitching away. Yeah, you um, and I talked about this off air. So Brady Singer, I'm just kind of trying to sell hot right now because although I do think Singer ends up being a decent rotation starter, I don't think he continues. He's a two-pitch guy. I just don't see that having a ton of um, promise. Uh, forever in in the major mm-hmm. leagues, but he has done well so far. Wooden Paxson, I don't care about. So, and, and I'm just hoping that Mackenzie Gore can uh, keep doing. He said struggles lately, so we'll see if it's or if you're going to get the old Mackenzie Gore or the guy that was on a on a hot streak for San Diego. All right, last trade. Oh, go ahead. You got something? Yeah. The only thing that scares me about Gore is the fact that San Diego is currently running with the six man rotation. And they mm-hmm. might continue to do so because some of their stars are older, have a lot of miles on them. And because of that, that could really limit someone like Gore. I mean, he's only going to pitch once a week, most weeks. Hey, look, the two, as long as the two start weeks going to be very occasional. Uh, with that being said, though, if you want to trade him, I could be open to, to talking. Although I already, have, I already have two Padres pitchers, so maybe not. I'm thinking maybe uh, I'm just spitballing here, but Rizzo, Ward, Gore for Bichette and two other great players. <laughs> First of all, the fact you said Bichette and tells me no. <laughs> all right, last trade finally because this is supposed to be an hour show, which means we only have ten. It's an hour long All Star special. At 50 minutes in, we haven't touched on the All Star stuff yet. So I I told you we'd be here till 11:45. No, we're not going to be. We can't do that. I'm not sure why you're surprised. Last trade before we take a a a brief break and come back with All Stars. Blades gives buggy. Oh, this thing. Uh, A lot of prospects here. Vargas, Dodgers third base prospect. Ronzi Contreras, Pittsburgh pitcher. Uh, Gorman, we talked about. Him, our boy Jared Kelenic, Nolve Marti. I don't, he's a shortstop prospect somewhere. Yep, for Seattle. Okay, Andrew Painter, I believe a, a Philly pitcher prospect. Yeah, a Philly pitcher. And a 2024 first for his boy Fernando Tatis, and then two and other guys. That nothing don't matter. else matters. Nothing yeah. else matters. Uh, in my opinion, here, uh, Blades got hosed. Um, oh boy. Uh, and, of course, we all know how I feel about Tatis. He is great when he plays, but when does he play? He hasn't played this year. He has that five-point per game. He's going to average five points per game. But if he's only playing 80 to 100 games a year, that doesn't matter. Uh, in my opinion, Gorman, Kelnick, and Contreras all are as valuable or more valuable than Tatis when you put them together. Not individually, but when you I put was them gonna together. I going to say, this is a real hot take right now. When you put them together. I've already told you, I believe Gorman has that 4-5 potential. Yeah, and as I'm a not second, with you there. But. As that second, second base, third baseman eligibility, 
let's say four two. If he's four two, Tatis is five two, and then you get anything out of any of these other players, how can you say Buggy lost his deal? Let's yeah, say I, I agree with that. My my problem with Gorman and what you're saying is now look, he's still twenty three. I mean, he's very young. Uh, maybe uh, maybe even younger than that. I, I'm not sure, but he doesn't. He's twenty right now. He's not an everyday player right now. He only hits versus right-handed pitching. Uh, now that'll change. You know, he'll figure it out how to hit left-handers. I'm sure. But what if, what if it doesn't? What if he's always that guy like Cody Bellinger that's only going to face right-handed pitching and he's only playing three times a week, four times a week, not everyday player. You know, that's going to affect that. Uh, Kellenic, we haven't seen anything out of him yet. And as much as I love Kellenic, I'm still he's still really young. I still have faith. Uh, they, he keeps getting sent back to the minors. Uh, so there's there's a little more concern at this point than there was for me last year with him. I like Ronzi Contreras a lot. I think he's done well. Pittsburgh had him up most of the season pitching. They sent him back down recently. They did but send him back down. He's been a good pitcher. Vargas Blades likes a lot. I was surprised to I, I've tried to get Vargas a few times. I don't like him as much as Blades, but I do think Vargas, you know, Justin Turner is like 37, 38 years old. They're going to give Vargas a look in the next year at third base for the Dodgers. Um, Marte's a big prospect. I, look, I, it's a lot of prospects. It's a lot of really good prospects, but it's a lot of prospects. So I, I see both sides. How I many get games, why, without looking it up, off top of your head, three, two, one. How many games has Fernando Tatis, Tatis played in his career? Five, four, three, two. One hundred and eighty. That's actually a little low. He's played two hundred and seventy games or two hundred seventy-three okay. games over I get three it. over three years. So that means he has missed uh, over a half a season in three years. Um, he's becoming the. He's he's the new Byron Buxton or Rail not Rail Mondesi but Alberto Alberto, Alberto Mondesi yeah. where of course Mondesi's I mean he doesn't even play twenty games a season <laughs> but I I also get the other side of it where if your blades look Tatis take that out I know you can't just take injuries out of the equation but just do it if you do Tatis <laughs> just do it, just do it. But, but if you do arguably he's the best fantasy player uh, top three for sure every season if he's healthy uh, and i get that's taking that out of the equation um so i do kind of get these prospects right here they could all end up being under three point per game guys the pitchers could be guys that end up in the bullpen i mean that's just how it goes with baseball prospects so i do i i do get it it is a ton to give up for a guy though that might give you 90 games most seasons so yeah uh, and i mean let's be honest if tatis is healthy this is fine. It's an even trade. Blaze said fine. But saying Tatis is healthy is like saying I am 25 years old. No one believes that. I know. But I also have a problem with Buggy. He traded Franco away to get Tatis. I think Franco plus to get Tatis. And when yeah, he did Fra- that. It was Franco and McClendon, who who McClendon yeah. is the top scoring pitcher in the league right now. And. And when I and when he did that deal, I think we both said that we actually considered Franco to be a little more valuable just because he's 21 and maybe he's yes. healthy. And you know? Tatis is of course, never healthy. Of course, Franco's no, not healthy no, now, so who knows? <laughs> so, so who? Here's the thing I see 
I understand what you're saying about Buggy. He continues to do the same thing over and over again. Kind of definition of insanity. But at this point, he has won one game this year in the first. Yeah, I get that. I get if you just keep if you if you don't take this trade and you just keep Tatis, it doesn't matter. You're not Tatis isn't going to win you any seasons. So I get that. Um, Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying he shouldn't have done it. I just at some point he's going to have to see his prospects that become stars and not trade away. Once what he what he needs to do is the Scott only stick with it. Scott traded all those prospects. Loaded his team up. He probably could have contended. Then, of course, he got bored and started trading. Then he gave up the team. Buggy's not going to give up his team, but he needs to maybe trade some of these prospects one for three, which he can do. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got three minutes left for All-Star stuff. (laughs) No, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. We'll be back in about four and a half minutes. And then we'll rock and roll through the All-Star stuff. I have about four things for the All-Star thing, though, because you sent this out to me. I got home. I made my dinner. I took a shower. And I did no research. So it's perfect. It's going to be great. Everyone just sit still, and we'll be back after these messages. Baseball. Alrighty. So finally, in our All-Star special, we're going to talk about a little All-Star. You're a rock star. Weekend in the stadium of the greatest team in baseball, Dodger Stadium, yes sir. Let's talk about a couple All-Stars. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say the greatest team ever? The team that hasn't won a World Series since 1988? I'd have to run the tape back. I don't know if I said greatest ever or just greatest right now. But I might have said greatest ever. Who knows? A team that hasn't won since 1988? I was six. Oh, sir, sir. You know they won recently. And it was the hardest win of all time. 2020 didn't count. My my co-host, I have on record saying that. Counted so much more than all the others because of the heart that went into it. <laughs> all right. Where are we going here? Because I can't listen to this. Let's start out with a couple of, uh, let's do uh, three, all night. <laughs> three all-star snubs. Anybody that you want to point out here that was snubbed? You, I, I put top three. Put whatever you want. You just give me your, your snubs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Austin Riley was definitely snubbed. He is currently second in WRC plus, uh, second in uh, home runs at his position, second in RBIs in his position with 24 and 57, uh, second in hits. Uh, definitely was snubbed. Austin Riley could be the best player in baseball, and of course he is on just about all of my fantasy baseball teams, except for one because Dylan refuses to trade them to me. Yeah, I had him as well. Uh, just ridiculous. He got stubbed. Also, really, I mean, he's hitting close to 300 he while is. he's doing this. Uh, he's, he's He's been the best third baseman in baseball, to be honest. Yeah, I am absolutely dumbfounded why he's not there. My second one, another guy that I own, of course, is um, Zach Wheeler. Uh, he is a top 10 starter, second place in the Cy Young last year, 45.5% ground ball rate and uh, has 
the second most um, wins in mm-hmm. baseball right now. Yeah, Wheeler was definitely one. Um, and I'll, I'll give you my pitcher one here as well, but Wheeler is worthy. I went Carlos Rodon, although Carlos was actually just added to the roster uh, in the last day or two, I think. Uh, I put it on here because he wasn't initially – on it. He's got a 31% strikeout rate. That's second best in the National League. A 2.13 FIP. Uh, that's fielding independent pitching stat, the lowest in the National League. 3.7 F war wins above replacement, the best in the National League when it comes to that. 2.7 ERA, holding opponents to a 200 batting average. So Rodon and Wheeler should have both been uh, on the All-Star team right off the bat. LTG, please wake up. All right, my last one was Will Smith. Uh, second best catcher statistically, only behind Wilson Contreras. Uh, that is overall when you factor in uh, not only offensive categories as things like average home runs, RBI, hits, runs scored, stolen bases, but also defensive categories, runs saved, uh, throwing percentage, et cetera, et cetera. So Will Smith, a Dodger nonetheless, yeah. Finally, a Dodger worth talking about. Uh, he definitely was snubbed. Yeah, he should have been in there. Another Dodger as a bonus that should have been in is Freddie Freeman because he's doing what Freddie Freeman does. But my actual uh, last Freddie one Freeman. I had here. Freddie Freeman should get a new agent. He wouldn't even be a Dodger <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he had a good agent. And my last one, a guy that, sure, he's arguably or, or not even arguably, you know, at – at best, the third best player on his own team, but he still should have been on on the All Star team. Was Taylor Ward, nine twenty OPS, fourth best in the majors for outfielders. Uh, Taylor Ward, you need him on your All Star team. You need him in your fantasy Highly lineup. Overrated. I would trade him as soon as possible. I think that's all of our snubs. Let's Mitch, go on to our Mitch Keller for Taylor Ward to be a good <laughs> Mitch, deal at this point. Mitch, yeah. Mitch Keller is on a hot streak, nonetheless. Let's go to a couple of surprise All-Stars. National League, anybody you had as a surprise All-Star? Yes, Joe Mantiply from Arizona. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly Exactly what I said when I saw this. Uh, Not even really sure who the the fellow is. It's his first All-Star game. him and Joe Musgrove, both 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 going to their first All-Star game. I've heard of one of those guys. I've not heard <laughs> of the other. Uh, so great for uh, Joe and Mantiply. Uh, who's your first snub, sir? Well, I've got done all my snubs. Surprise. But surprise. Sorry. You went National League pitcher, it sounds like. Was that a pitcher? Yeah, so yes. I'll do the same. I went... Uh, Tony Gonsolin, and not not that I'm surprised that he made it. He's ten and zero. Just surprised at the beginning of the season. I would not have pictured Tony Gonsolin uh, not only being on the All Star team, but I believe the National League starter at, at ten and zero. Uh, so definitely a, a shock there. The season he has had. I mean, I'm going to be honest here. Uh, as far as the position player goes, I went bonus because you have shortstop. Tim Anderson from the Chicago White Sox beating out quite an array of shortstops in the American League, uh, including a guy like Sander Bogarts. Um, so that surprised mm-hmm. me a little bit. And then on the other side, you got outfielder 
the ex-Dodger Jock Peterson making the All-Star game yes. over quite a few of other options when it comes to outfielders. I was surprised by both of these. Um, so where did you go here, sir? Yeah, so I guess I'll go first. My American League pitcher, again, this guy certainly de- deserves to be there. I was looking at this oh, from the standpoint. American and National League. I only went one pitcher and one position player. Nah, that's okay. Uh, Overachiever. I looked at this from a standpoint at the beginning of the season. I'd be shocked if these guys made an all-star team. It's Martin Perez, Texas Ranger pitcher. He's been pretty average, if not below average, over the past few years uh, with Boston and wherever else he's been. He's been lights out with Texas this year on a on a bad team. So props to Perez. Is that more surprising than Jorge Lopez from the Baltimore Orioles? Is it more surprising? Because I don't know that it is. Because, I mean, Baltimore, uh, gets, Baltimore automatically gets one guy in, but well, does anybody? I would say Lopez. I would. I would say Lopez. I would say Lopez is a better pitcher. <laughs> if, you know, for whatever that worth that's worth. My 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 hitters. I win a couple of catchers here in the American League. Alejandro Kirk. Uh, look, you talked about him preseason. You liked him a little bit. I didn't think yes. he was of all, all-star caliber, but here he is. And in the National League, a guy that just came up uh, really recently with the Braves, he's been playing catcher and DH, uh, William Contreras, not even an everyday player for the Braves now that they've got some of their outfield back, like Duvall and Rosario, and you know Darno is their everyday catcher. But Contreras is actually starting in the game for Bryce Harper since he's hurt, I believe because there's another Contreras and so they're going to start the Contreras brothers, but a good so story there. for 10 bonus points, who is the last set of brothers to start an all-star game? What? You're off camera, sir. The last set of brothers to start an all-star game. Uh, I mean, you know, surely it's not like Billy and Cal. That was a long time ago, and who knows if Billy made an all-star game. Uh Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I could see it for a while, but I, I don't know. So the Contreras brothers, of course, are going this year. And what's funny is I saw this the other day, and I'm like, oh, this needs to be on the podcast. And now I can't remember who it was. So you ask the question, and you don't even have the answer. Okay. Well, I, was hoping, I was hoping you saw the information. You I don't up, know. That is that is definitely not, not the case. They are the fifth pair of brothers to do so. But you're I mean, not going to give me the last argument. Uh, I mean, I know the Steiner brothers uh, were, <laughs> they were the last wrestling brother duo. <laughs> so, if that counts for something. Well, while you uh, look up that. Brett, Brett and Aaron Boone did it in 03. Okay. Okay. They, they might have been the last one, Di- actually, too. Dynamic duo. That's right. Uh, Joe and Dom DiMaggio did it way back when. That's yeah, that's a long time uh, ago. Roberto and Sandy Elamar. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good deal like right that there. One. Uh, yeah, so the, the last one was it was indeed um, the uh, who did I just say? Uh, the Boone brothers. Okay, and then the El- the Alamars were before. Who knows? Maybe, and we have. Uh, in the future, I don't know if any of those played on the same team when they were All-Stars. You've got a chance in Cleveland. You've got Josh Naylor and 
bow nailer of the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, who knows? Maybe someday what those about, two are. What about Bryce Harper and whatever his brother's name is? Uh, Rice? <laughs> so Rice, Har- Rice Harper? <laughs> they were both on the Nationals for quite a while. Although I, I think the other Harper's fallen off. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that is. All right. Let's keep moving with our all-star special home run derby prediction. Everybody's favorite here. So they came out with the actual matchups uh, a couple hours ago. So let's just get some predictions here. First up, we've got the one seed Kyle Schwarber versus the eight seed, the challenger Albert Pujols. Who do you have in this matchup? Uh, Pujols. <laughs> okay. Look, that's. I don't know uh, if we can continue listen, right now. Listen, listen, Kyle Schwarber being an ex-Cub, I love him. I think it's a terrible idea for him to swing in this derby. I hope he grounds out all 10 of his outs. Uh, he's that on pace he for... That way he continues to tear the cover off the ball because home run derbies tend to mess up people's swings. He's on pace for 56 home runs right now on a terrible team. All right, and the next matchup is the number four seed Juan Soto versus number five Jose Ramirez. Oh, first uh, off, I, I will. I, I thought it would go without saying, but you took Pujols. I would take Schwarber in that matchup, but anyway, Soto versus not surprised. You are a big fan of the favorites. It's not surprising. I mean, look at the teams you like, the Dodgers, the Lakers. Uh, you are now a Predators fan out of nowhere. Uh, a big fan of the front Lake, runner. So I'm, I'm Lake, not surprised at all that you Lakers are. The, Lakers the are an underdog. I don't know if you've seen Vegas odds. I'm, I'm rooting for underdogs over here. They also have not won a championship any time recently, so it's fun. not true. Not true. Anyway, uh, Soto versus yes, Ramirez. I can pull that tape. Uh, Soto. Oh, so you take it the favorite? Okay, good, good deal. Uh, it, it's four versus five. There's not really a favorite there. It's uh, like there a point foot. There 50, is because I think Soto was in the championship last year. I'll take Soto as well. <laughs> One versus four. Next up, the two-time defending champ, Pistol Pete Alonso versus my boy Ronald Acuna Jr. No, it's Alonzo, which is the favorite I know. I'm going underdog here, just a hometown favorite with Ronald Acuna. And then, oh, wait, 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 time out. Did you say uh, hometown favorite? Because absolutely, I thought, you were, I thought you were a Dodgers fan. Oh wait, that's it's, right. You like two teams from the same league. It's hometown because it's within four hours. <laughs> okay, next up. Uh, a ad addition just tonight, and all of a sudden they slide him into the three seed. It's Corey Seager versus the six seed Julio Rodriguez, the, Julio the Rodriguez. rookie feed him. Julio tell Rodriguez. You what, I, I will take Rodriguez all day here too. I saw – so the Dodgers have been testing out a cameras that can show bat speed, and they've been doing it for this – for the home run derby. They've been testing it out, piloting it in the stadium during games. Rodriguez, this far at this point to the year, for anybody that's coming to that stadium, has the highest bat speed in the league. So give me Rodriguez. Not surprised. He he's just a, a different breed. All right. So semis, you've got pool hosts versus the four seed Soto. Who who are you taking to the finals there? All right. Uh, unfortunately, my man Pujols' underdog run ends here. Soto beats him. I've got Schwarber versus Soto. I am taking the one seed Schwarber to the finals. One seed, yes, yes, chalk. Next up, you've got Alonzo versus Rodriguez to get to the finals. All right, give me Rodriguez all day. I'm with you. I'm with you. So you've got uh, – who do you have? You've got Soto versus Rodriguez. And, Rodriguez. and uh, I've got Schwarber versus Rodriguez. I'm going to take Soto here. Okay. Fair enough. 
Well, you know what? You say I go chalk. I'm going to take the rookie. I'm going to take Rodriguez in his first year, his first I, I knew home run derby. That's why I went Soto. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's move on past the All-Stars. But since it is halfway through the season, uh, just a couple of minutes here. Top five MLB teams since we're halfway through the season. Huh. All right. Give no, me no, your no. five through five through three. Hang on, hang on. I gotta find this out. Here we go. All right. So my number five team, the New York Mets. My number four team, the San Diego Padres. Number three, those cheaters down in Houston, the Astros. I've got five Braves. Uh, four pains me to say, it, but the Astros and three, the Mets. Our top two are the same. I can't remember if we flip flop these or not. It's, but uh, I have the Dodgers at two, the Yankees at one. Okay, so we both got the same. The Yankees have been on some kind of heater this year. Uh, but they've also – look, I'll say this about the Yankees. They've got enough talent to keep it going, but they've been fortunate. The guys like Stanton, Judge, no injuries there. You've got 38-year-olds like Aaron Hicks. You've got Matt Carpenter at 36 hitting home runs every night. <laughs> They're due for a little bit. Of regression, I think in the second half and some injury, but that's just my. They're going to make some trades, though, so I don't foresee it being an issue. They will. I, right? I, so, I, I think I think Gallo's going to be out, and I think they're going to they're going to bring in at least one decent starting pitcher. So I think the Yankees will be fine, as much as it pains me to say it. And what pains me even more to say about the Yankees is I don't hate them anymore, just because they're really not that hateable at this moment. They're not bottom five after halfway uh, through the season, five through three. Uh, I have the Cubs, Royals, and uh, Washington Nationals. All right. I've got the Pirates, the Royals, and the Reds, your top two. Uh, I have the Reds at two and the Oakland A's at one, although the A's are intentionally being in the one spot and will probably be a contender within two years. I've got Nationals at two. Uh, we agree the A's are one, especially because anybody good they still have, they will trade away before trade, the yeah. – for the trade deadline. All right, let's end the show here with some uh, return to Mount Rushmore. And we're going to stick around the New York area. Yankees, Mount Rushmore. What do you have? No, here? no, 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 no. We can't. No, no. No, no. Okay. no, no we got to no. go Mets first. That's oh, okay. I mean, I'm sorry. Come okay. on. I mean, okay. It's kind of like talking about the Bills versus the Giants or the Jets. You start out with royalty. Uh, or you save royalty to last, so we have to start the Mets here. All right, start with the Mets. I, I I know last week we had technical difficulties, otherwise you'd have remembered this. Um, so <laughs> my, my my Mets Mount Rushmore, I got uh, Jacob Degrom, Jose Reyes, Mike Piazza, and David Wright. We were pretty similar. I've got Jacob Degrom as well. I've got my, the difference is I have Carlos Beltran, three-time Gold Glove winner, bunch of home runs. I've got David Wright. When I was looking up this stuff, I forgot how good he was. He was a seven-time mm-hmm. All Star, and then uh, my top one was Mike Piazza, who I I believe I want to say the Dodgers drafted drafted him in one of the last rounds as a mm-hmm. favor. Uh, Tommy Lasorda uh, favor, a, a favor to a friend or something. Yeah. So, and the Mets, you know, we talked about it before, but you know, really all their good, good players. If you're talking about the nineties, 
in the eighties, this list becomes a lot harder because you got Dwight mm-hmm. Gooden, you got Strawberry, Howard Johnson, Lenny Dykes were those good teams from the eighties and nineties. So it was, David Wright should should not be on a Mount Rushmore despite his <laughs> seven time All Star appearance, but that, that's just me. Well, I mean, of course, we always do a bonus with these guys, and you just mentioned pretty much my bonus Mount Rushmore: David Cohn, Mister Gooden, Pedro Martinez, and Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, yeah, and I guess we should remind everybody that we only do nineteen ninety. Yeah, um, because as we move now into the Yankees, Mount Rushmore. If you did pre, if you did all time, this would be yeah, one of the hardest, so hardest harder. lists ever. But we are doing post nineteen ninety. So what do you I have, have here? I have one question for you. If we did pre nineteen ninety, would Babe Ruth make your Mount Rushmore? <laughs> well, look, you know, you came out with some harsh allegations in an early episode of Sports Fantasies, and that, that really stuck with me. You know, I don't know what to take of that. I don't want to take those allegations out of it. Even prior to the allegations, would Babe Ruth make your Mount Rushmore? Yankees fans might throw things at me, but I don't think he would. I'm going to be honest. I'll be quite honest. I think if Babe Ruth played today, he'd be Max Muncy. (laughs) Well, yes. A lot of walks, (laughs) some home runs, and a 160 average. Yeah, I can see that. No, I I, I think I I say all that. I'm kind of kidding because you would have to just because he's literally he might be the most most famous baseball player of all time. Yes, but he got to put that on the average guy that he played against was 5'8", 145 pounds. He did yeah, not but play even against, he, he did not play against any any black players, any Hispanic players, Asian players. Um, oh, I don't disagree with any of that. But I'm saying like so it's not he, a whole lot different with the other guys. Like what so are you going to Mickey Mantle, right? Like he's arguably he up in there the 60s, but at, at least there was some diversity in the game at that point. A little not a ton. Oh, more uh, than the twenties. Joe DiMaggio, uh, like, uh, but that's why you can't. And, it's hard to and, it's hard to argue and, errors and average, in sports. And the average player was not five eight one forty five. I get all that. I, I get that Babe Ruth is is Me, beyond. You and I are bigger than five eight one forty five. You and I, I get, could have been major league players at that point. So yes, let's go back to the twenties so I can be I, a major league player. I get that, but I would also argue that Mickey Mantle is not playing the type of talent that is out there right now in baseball. Absolutely, and I would agree with that. And I think it, it does get a little tricky to compare. I think the difference is, is, okay, jump to another sport real quick. Michael Jordan, do you think he could play today? No, because he's like 60, 60-something. No, in his prime, do you, do you think his game would translate to today? Yes. Uh, of course yes. it would. He he would struggle on defense. He'd probably get in foul trouble occasionally because he was hyper. He would score. He, he would he would score he more. Would score a ton more. He would average over forty. Do you think Jordan could have played in the seventies? Yeah, I think Jordan could play anytime. Of course, just like LeBron could play in any time. Do you think Babe Ruth could be Babe Ruth today? Do you think Babe Ruth would be a top five no. home run hitter of all time today? Uh, I see what you did there. Okay, I like that. I like that. No, he wouldn't be. But exactly. But, yeah. All right. Let's talk about another guy, Dan Marino. Never won. Never won the Super Bowl. Do you think he'd be a top NFL quarterback today? Yes. Do you think he'd be a top court, NFL quarterback in the seventies? Yes. 
Exactly. So you're proving my point for me. Babe Ruth would not well, be. I guess, a, but we're not. But I agree Ruth with you on Babe Ruth. Said right now. But but I'm I'm not because I agreed with you on Babe Ruth. I'm talking about Mickey Mantle in the '60s. With I Mickey think, Mantle, I think Mickey Mantle. I think Mickey Mantle's game would translate more to today's game than Babe Ruth would have. Because Babe Ruth was 6'2", 220 pounds, and ate hot dogs and drank beer every <laughs> single day. I can he do was, that. Yeah. I can be that guy. I'm not quite 6'2", but the guys he was playing against were smaller than I am. And there was no bullpen, no diversity. And yeah, I think it was it was elevated high school. It was you exactly. had a guy that was. You had a guy that could pitch and hit uh, against high schoolers. I, I mean, exactly. I get it. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you with Babe Ruth. See, so yeah, he would not make him out Rushmore. He, 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 I don't know if he would make my my bonus 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 Mount Rushmore. So I don't think he'd be in my top sixteen New York Yankees of all time. <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. Let's let's get into all your right, post 1990. All right, right. post 1990 Yankees Mount Rushmore. I went Don Mattingly, Andy Pettit. Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera. So we went a, a little different here. A couple of the same. Of course, Derek Jeter, I think, is number one. I, I put him as my number See, one absolute. I put Moe Mo over Jeter, and I'll, I'll get back to that in a minute. Continue on. Yeah, uh, Mariano Rivera made my list because uh, you could argue he's the best closer in the history of baseball. I put A Rod on here just based on whether you love him or hate him. It's just based on numbers. I mean, he was great. And then I put Bernie Williams as my really fourth, just because, look, 15 years with the Yankees, a career 300 hitter, home runs, RBI, stolen bases, kind of did it all, good defender. And he was just kind of a key piece to those championship teams. When I think back to those 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 Yankees teams that won championships, Bernie was kind of a staple there. Uh, I did have as a bonus, you said Andy Pettit. I had him in there as a bonus because – Five titles, three all-star games. He was great. But So my bonus my, my bonus players here, and I went more than four. I went A-Rod, Jason Giambi, CeCe Sabathia, Bernie Williams, Joe Torre, who I think really kind of helped mold that team. And then I went Aaron Judge, if you want to go for a player of today. I like the Joe Torre call. Because I don't think there's anything that says you can't put a manager on this list, mm-hmm. and Joe Torre is probably one of the most I, I, recognizable. I put sort on the bonus list for the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean Torre is one of the most recognizable names and managers in the history of baseball, so I don't mind that. I like that. Um, what other bonuses did you have? That's it. That's all I got. Just Andy Pettit. <laughs> all right. So for me, I mentioned Jeter. Jeter was great. The thing about Jeter that was great is he was consistent. He was the same guy in the regular season he was the postseason. His numbers never fell off. They never really got better. Uh, He made a couple of really great plays in key moments. But let's be honest, Derek Jeter wasn't the best shortstop on the Yankees when he was the shortstop of the Yankees. Sure. Sure. But but some of this comes down to, you know, it's not just all about Numbers. That's a big piece. Well, yeah, of I it. mean, I mean, I put Jeter. He was the, two. I he, put Jeter as number two on my list, mostly because of the respect I have for for Mo. If you gave me an all like you were talking about before, an all time Yankees list, Jeter would be on my Mount Rushmore, just because see, of what he did for that franchise in the face see, of it. Jeter would not be on my Mount Rushmore if we did all time. 
Neither would Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth would not be on. <laughs> yeah, we used to have bonus, that. bonus, bonus. But Jeter uh, <laughs> uh, would also not not be on on my my first Rushmore, or quite possibly my second. It would be close. He would be in that that seven to ten range for me, and not because Jeter wasn't great. And I understand how much Yankees fans love him, and he couldn't do anything wrong. But if you really break down his stats, he was an average to above average player, depending on what period of time you're looking at. And he was a face of a franchise, but face of the franchise doesn't mean that you're the best player or deserving of being a top four player in franchise history. Fair enough. I would say that if you're going to put Derek Jeter on your Mount Rushmore, you almost have to put Babe Ruth on there. (laughs) Okay. 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 I wouldn't, put, I, I wouldn't put either, but I, I can understand how you'd put both. Front runner, front runner guy. Just go look at the if stats. I'm, Jeter, Jeter played for I'm, a long time for a good team. If I'm starting a franchise today and I've got to pick between Jeter and Ruth, I'm taking Jeter. That's all I'm saying. Oh, me too, 100%. But neither of them make my Mount Rushmore for the Yankees. Now, if we're doing a Mount Rushmore for the Royals and Jeter was a Royals, sure, fine, whatever. Although it'd be close, I'm sure. Brett Saberhagen, George Brett, Andrew Benintendi, I mean, it would be close. I think you're under uh, appreciating the outside of just the numbers. I mean, Derek Jeter, you've got to put the face of the franchise on a Mount Rushmore. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. If you think about the Yankees, how many faces of the franchise do the Yankees have? They've had a lot. They've had more what than is, most organizations. Who is who is their biggest face of the franchise? Billy Martin? What? No. No, it's Are not Billy sure? Martin. Because, because he, he was a lightning rod in the middle of everything. Uh, no, no, no. I, to me, uh, it's Derek Jeter. Maybe Babe Ruth. I don't know. Where, where do you rank? Okay, okay. Post nineteen ninety or pre nineteen ninety, does Reggie Jackson make your list for the Yankees? Oh, this is so hard. You see, because all right, so I can tell you, Mariano Rivera is making my list a hundred percent. No matter what time period you're talking about. Um, and then I think it comes, oh, jeepers, there's just so many of them. I know. It's a historic franchise. There's so many. I'd have to look, to be honest, I don't even know. I'd have to look more at his numbers. I know him from his three home run playoff game or whatever for the Yankees. And, you know, that's, but I don't know what he did all, I don't know how many seasons he played for the Yankees. I don't know what he did all time there. There are so many. Like, so, like, I mean, Listen to this list. Jeter, Ruth, Mantle, Gehrig, Rivera, DiMaggio, Berra, Ford, Rodriguez, Pettit, Williams, Mattingly. Bill Dickey is the first guy I got to say both of his names that you wouldn't know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So out of that list, but again, not seeing any data, you got to think. I didn't talk about Reggie Jackson, Thurman Munson, who a lot of guys love, Phil Rizzuto. Roger Clemens, Roger yeah, Maris. Oh, Roger Maris. <laughs> so you're, you, like, you could almost go, I mean. how Luke Voigt is on this list. I don't know how he quite Luke, stuck in there. Luke Voigt. Like, you could stop it after, you could say, Gehrig, DiMaggio, 
Mantle and Maris, and nobody would argue that. And that's stopping it after the '60s, you know. And and that's leaving out Rivera, right? Exactly. Who 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 Rivera would be my number one guy every time because I, I that guy as much as I hate the Yankees. There's one time ever I remember that guy costing the Yankees game. He didn't cost him a game, really. Louis Gonzalez just made yeah. a really great swing and found a, found an opening on the field. But there's one time I remember him getting beat. Other than that, the guy didn't. He never lost a game for him. And at least that's how it felt. And I know he obviously blew more than one save in his career, and that was in the World Series in 2001, coming off in 9/11. But still like he he just didn't cost them games yeah i mean he's arguably the the most reliable closer of all time so i I get it are we ready to get out of here i mean uh, we have to be close because i said 11 45 it's now 11 46 i mean we're really 35 (laughs) i think we're 10 minutes overdue really really stretching past my bedtime so, uh, real quick, we we talked about the home run derby. Do you remember the home run derby we had when we were juniors in high school? Uh, when I was a junior vaguely, in high school, that would vaguely. make you a senior. Uh, I won the initial uh, one. see why you remember. Uh, I won the initial one because we went from home plate and I hit two and no one else hit more than one. <laughs> then we played from second base. And I don't remember who won that. I'm pretty sure I still won or was in the top three. Um, but it, it was closer. Uh, but, yes, I, I won with, with two my junior year and one my senior year from home plate, uh, which is not a great bragging number since my senior year – or, no, my junior I pitched against Whitesville and gave up eight home runs to that team, seven to two guys. Uh, but that's because uh, Nick – Nick um, Spangler faked an injury to get out of the game because he did not want to pitch against. <laughs> he went two thirds of an inning. And your dad comes over to me and he says, "Josh, I just need you to go in there and just throw as many pitches as you can and try to hit the strike zone." <laughs> and we, we lost that game. It was twenty-eight to eighteen. Wow! Shannon Latham uh, made up a special award for me for giving up eight home runs in one game. That was eight home runs over the fence, but their three and four hitter hit seven of them. So I have no recollection of that, but that's amazing. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a, it was a bad day for me. I mean, I, I, I did go, I did go four for five from the plate and we kept it close. They ended up, they either won the state title that year or came in second. So, I mean, it, it's not like it was a bad loss for us and we competed with them. Of course, that year we finished in second in our bracket. We lost to Avoca in the championship game. Uh, I made the the last out of that game. The wind held it up. I would have had a home run, and it would have extended it, although I think we lost by eight, so it probably wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, that's when we beat Alfred Allman. Uh, Uh, Yeah, we beat Canisteo Greenwood uh, in in the first round. Then we we upset Alfred Allman, who was the one seed. They were the one seed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, and they had beat us in soccer and basketball that year in sectionals, so we prevented Mm -hmm. the sweep. Although my senior year, they got us back in baseball. And then... And then I think we went to play under the lights in Hornell or somewhere. In Hornell, yep. And and we battled the Volca back and forth. They pulled away a little bit toward the end. Uh, it came down to you and I. Um, you got on. 
I crushed the ball at the right center field. It got held up in the wind. Uh, kid made a good catch on it, and that ended the game. Although, so I got I got undid my job. You blew it. I got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> however, you and I both finished the game three for four. So uh, had you got on that other okay. time, <laughs> had you got on that other time, it may have been different. How you know those those stats numbers? I have no idea. But um, yeah, I, I remember because uh, Joel was was pitching that Alfred Allman game because I mean he pitched every game that we needed he to win. Every game, for us. except for the Weissville His, game, and your dad just had to give a game off, and Nick faked the injury two thirds <laughs> into the game. I just remember, you know, because Dad was coaching that team, and I just remember him saying, "Look, just if we win this game, just you know, pretend like we were supposed to win this. You know, act like we we've, we've been here before." So sure enough, we get the last out. I mean, I'm I threw my glove up in the air. <laughs> I I spread sprinted out because they were the one they were the one seed, and to be honest, we had no business beating them. I mean. Baseball was not our school of sport. It was not. Like, we Which were much better because, at because when soccer. we were in little league, we were so good at it, and they beat us in soccer. The we were the number one team in the state when they beat us. Right, soccer was our like we should have won everything in soccer, but whatever. So, baseball we really averaged for the most part. Um, we basically had to pitch Joel every night. <laughs> you know, to to really have a, a good chance, and so what we can't do anymore with. The current rules, but yeah, yeah, you can't. But that was, yeah, that was. I do remember that. I remember throwing my glove up and a bunch of us throwing gloves and, and running out there, and it was a great win. I remember just being able to go and play in Hornell under the lights. For us, we hadn't experienced that. Uh, that was awesome. Um, so yeah, good, good, good call yeah, there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. It, it, I mean, just thinking about you know, the home run derby, we did that every year. And like I said, I, I hit two my, my junior year to win and then won my senior year. Uh, my senior year, though, it only took me three swings. I was the last hitter, uh, and there was really no competition. It was Sean Kelly might, might have been out. I think he hit two to the warning track. But um, Yeah, well, when it comes to home run derbies, I mean, I hit one career over the fence home run in my high school career. That was at Belfast, where we almost went back to back. So uh-huh. – uh, uh, you know, you you didn't hold up your end of the bargain. You put it off the fence, I, I believe. I, uh, uh, I I hit plenty of over the fence home runs. So, um, <laughs> however, speaking of Alfred Allman, uh, so our senior year, we we upset. I don't even remember who we played in the first round. We played him. I think it was like Hammondsport. We played him in, in Cohocton. Mm-hmm. We beat him three to one. Uh, well, no, my senior year, though. After you graduated, we played them. Oh, again. yours. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, so we upset them again. We were the nine seed, they were the eight. So then we got to play number one seed, Alfred Elman. And the one big kid, I can't remember his name. Andy, maybe, what was his first name? Uh, I uh, think you're right. Um, so Sean Kelly was pitching. I was catching. He, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember the Alfred Elman field out behind their high school, but the fence is about 480 feet away. That yeah. kid hit a ball over that fence. I had never seen anything so pretty in my life from the, I was squatting as a catcher. He hit that ball and I was like, that's going to go over the fence. And, <laughs> and he turned around and he just kind of smiled at me and I, it must've went 520 feet. Like it was crazy. And I Sean threw really hard, but the kid just, he crushed it. It was over the left field fence too. I, I'd never seen a home run in my life in person that went as far as that one did. Alfred Allen brings back terrible memories. I uh, the the year before our well, it might have been the year. 
trying to remember if it was our okay. So the year before, my junior year, um, we played Alfred Almond and Wayland Cohocton in a playoff game. It was either the year before or two years before, I don't know, my senior year. And I had a, a hat trick that game, um, including a left footed score, which was my first career for you. First and only ever. I had a left sco- left footed score. I think we won like five two. Um, it was in the snow in in Cohocton. Uh, that was when we were still. It must have know, been your. It, it must have been your junior year. Yeah, I think it was. And then so the next year. We won. We beat Alfred Elman at Alfred Elman. Um, Brian Smelser had a hacky set goal to tie yeah. it up, and then I had a, a one a one timer volley in overtime to win the game. Um, and then we saw. So then Justin and I were at Little Italy's later on, and we saw the coach, the Alfred Elman coach. There, he was ahead of us in line, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> Justin turns to me. He says, "He says, hey." Aren't you that guy that had a hat trick and the overtime winner versus Alfred Almond? And so we were kind of uh, trolling the coach there. And of course, he uh, you could see him. He kind of he, he chuckled a little bit, but he got the last laugh because they ended up beating us there in the in the in the, the sectionals um, that year. But that coach, I tell you what, I as a, you know, you know, I, I wasn't always on my best behavior. Uh, on the soccer field that, you know, I would, I would talk some trash to people and it, coaches were not excluded from that. I, I would, I would talk to some coaches. And so I, I, I was having words because Alfred Allman's coach was, he would get way more involved than he should have he, as a coach. He liked to engage with us. Yes. Yes. Like, you know, I, I looking back at it now, you know, as a, a father and being grown up, Really ridiculous that he was in, engaging in trash talk he with really children. Was, yes, you know when you think about it. Um, so I, I feel okay. I feel justified that like when we tied that game up against Alfred Almond, Ryan crossed it, and Ryan Smith put it in. And um, you know I went back and had some words with the coach. Of course, again they won the game, um, but just some uh, good I'm and bad memories there with Alfred. Pretty Allman. sure in that game you hit both posts. Yeah. Maybe I. Maybe on one shot, actually. Yeah, I believe I did. Um, and, and, of course, we lost in overtime after Dave Davis got the soft red card. He got the red. It was a slide tackle. And then the, the handball where he tried to use his hand to head the ball because he did that all the time because he hated using his head. Yep, and that's where the ref told um, him, looky what I, I was there. I heard it. He said, oh, looky here. Look what I got for you. Yeah, he was almost he was taunting. He was uh, the the dude with the red card, and so that's when, of Lee, course, because because it was a soft red, I got to come in for him. Yeah, and then Liam at some point took offense to the the horrible officiating, and he got pulled out on a yellow card or something, and we had another player, you know, another guy came in, and that's when they scored. They scored, and yeah. And, of course, we had an own goal that game. And so a mm-hmm. lot of things went against us. But, wow, what memories there. We should have won it all, Miller. We should. What could have been? We were what the number one team been? in the state. We probably should have won a state title. And I could have oh. retired. As, of course, if I knew how to score a goal early that season instead of hitting 117 posts, I probably would have got, <laughs> you know, I probably would have got, you know, 70 minutes of game time instead of 45. 
But, but that's that's the season we beat Hammondsport three to one, uh, and our that was our opening sectional game at Genesee Valley. Yeah, well, so then my my senior my senior soccer was miserable. We were terrible all year, uh, at least the first half of the year, uh, and we lost to Fillmore eight to one in Fillmore. And I went to Coach O, and I said, Coach, I want to play sweeper. <laughs> And from that point on, we gave up four goals the rest of the regular season. And then we lost to Fillmore in sudden death in the golden goal overtime situation in the pouring rain. There were three lightning delays, all of which Fillmore went inside and sat in a warm gymnasium (laughs) as we sat out in the freezing cold. And um, Dane Potter ended my high school career on a shot that I could have probably saved, but would have got thrown out of the game for a red card because I was not the goalie. <laughs> He's a good player. Uh, Fillmore, another one with an iconic coach uh, where we grew up, but okay. We got to get out of here. It's almost midnight. Your time, what, I, feel yeah, like. yeah, I, have, I have two minutes for midnight. I'll tell you what though. I never respected that coach more. The Fillmore coach after we lost that game, I hit my knees, and I couldn't stop crying. I don't know what was going on in me that night. I could not stop crying. He actually is the person who came over to me, picked me up off the ground, walked me to the sideline, and I, I actually started to, to respect him a lot more then. And, of course, I had a lot of beef with the Fillmore guys until I started playing in a slow-pitch uh, charity one-pitch on a Little League field with a mush ball tournament, softball tournament down in Fillmore where I actually started to have some respect for these guys. And I actually have become good friends with a couple of the Fillmore guys, like Noah Voss, uh, yeah. who was who who there. Yeah. Of course, we all loved Brett, but uh, I didn't have much love for, for most of the other Fillmore guys until I started going down there and playing that tournament every year. And, of course, I did play against the, the Fillmore soccer coach a, a few times down there in, in, that, in that same tournament. Yeah, and that's how it goes, right? I mean, you – once you get out of high school and, and you start, whether it's through um, other, you know, men's league or rec league sports or just outside of sports in general, and you kind of hang out with these people, it's all really silly. You know, we all, of think, that, we all think that we're greater athletes than we are. Of course. And, and it's, it's all, it's just, you hate these people when you're playing them on the sports field. And then outside of that, you realize, okay, they're just, they're the same person I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's whether it was, they're the was same Bell, arrogant guy. <laughs> yeah. Whether it was Belfast or Fillmore, or, you know, whoever it is, you're all a, a bunch of young kids that, that, uh, 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 just the egos are a little out of control and, so yeah, but I that the like you said about that coach, um, he was always again a, a little probably too involved with cheaters, with with high school kids, um, but uh, knowing him from other things outside of that, you know he he's just a normal guy that gets caught up in the in the moment, the, the fun of the game and everything like that. So you, you understand it, but so. So, last thing I'll say here, you just brought up Belfast. Can you imagine if we would have merged with Belfast? We would have won a state title. Probably back-to-back years. I think so, yeah. They had some good players. Um, not to downplay what Belmont brought brought to the table, but if you look back at our soccer and basketball teams, they were dominated by Angelica players, at least around our time. Um, 
had we mixed with Belfast soccer wise, we would and have won us at least one state title, if not two. And soccer wise, when we were Angelica, Belfast was a top two seed. Mm-hmm. Usually they had Chad DeRock and a couple of their, uh, Leonard uh, Preston, a great goalie. Yeah, you had, and, uh, and they had a couple of Enders kids, mm-hmm. uh, the Jeffrey Fuller, of course, who now actually coaches at Fillmore and his kids go to Fillmore. Um, I believe had we merged with Belfast, we would have won one or two state titles. It's probable. And but hey, look, not, not, not downplaying what, what Belmont brought to us, but you should, you should, they didn't hold up their end of the, <laughs> we carried it. We carried it. We did. Absolutely. Baseball, especially. I mean, I'm pretty sure Joel was from, Angelica, right? Because if he wasn't, then maybe not so much our <laughs> your junior year. I think of he course, was from Angelica. Of course, after after you guys graduated, he went I'm to Wellsville. I'm not. He, I'm I'm not talking about baseball or basketball. Yeah. He had no business. At least my, you know, when I was a senior, and we didn't have any business winning in baseball or basketball. But soccer, legitimately, we should have won. States. Absolutely. Absolutely. With the Belmont players, if we were Belfast, though, it was it would, we definitely would have won. I'm <laughs> just right. saying. I, all right, we're like two hours in here. <laughs> all right, that's all I have to say. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. I have to get up in six and a half hours to go to work. Less than that, probably. So it will be a great time tomorrow. Uh, my boss is off though, so yay me. All right, we'll see you sometime. Yeah, and maybe Saturday, maybe next week, maybe next month. We don't know. Have a good night, guys and gals. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. And be sure to catch future shows wherever you stream. Oh, bye-bye now.